and make you chisel all the old chewing gum off the bottoms of the tables. The most effective punishment I ever saw. Because <laughs> as soon as you got given that chisel, that was your whole lunchtime. Miserable. Miserable. Yeah, I did. Apparently it stinks. Ooh. Mm. I do like cleaning as a punishment because it's like, well... You made the mess. You're one of these people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Gross. Welcome to Are You Serious? A Journey <laughs> Through Bad Reddit Relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme, and this is episode 27? Yes. Hell yeah. Ooh, and I have <laughs> got so many stories. It has been two weeks. I just got oh, we're ready. a whole pile of them. So very importantly, the first thing I have is an update to my childhood <laughs> best friend is giving me a sexuality crisis. Yay! Starting it off on a positive note. Yeah, I need that. Yes. Um, This was like two or three days later, so... Not too long after. Um, If you guys don't remember, basically OP wanted to date his best friend who was trans and he was concerned that he only liked him because he still saw him as a woman despite fully transitioning. And uh, to remind, OP is 27 and his best friend is 26. Cool. All right. Okay. Holy cow, this blew up. When that guy asked to submit it to Twitter, I didn't think it would actually go through, ha. Huh? Well, I do come bearing a happy update. I told him that I was starting to realize I wasn't straight and that I was going with bisexual until I found something that fit me more comfortably. I told him I was getting ready to start going out with and dating men, to which he kind of awkwardly blurted out about taking me out on a practice date. <laughs> I, I was just kind of staring at him, wondering what 15-year-old, uh, what pad writer was currently in oh. charge of my life. Is that like live journal? What pad? No, Wattpad was like this um, very insular network of fan fiction writers. Uh, they did a lot of slice of life fic, and Wattpad has a very specific word count. So, yeah, I, I, I completely understand what he means <laughs> <laughs> when he says Wattpad writers. So he started to backpedal and apologize for being weird. He admitted to always having kind of liked me. He didn't hold some world-ending love for me because I was straight as far as he knew, and it could trigger dysphoric feelings. I told him nothing would make me happier than to take him on a real date, and then showed him this post here and everyone's amazing support and kind words, as well as my own worried word vomit. <laughs> he cried, and then he kissed me. It was a scrambled little peck, but probably the best kiss of my life. Backslash, backslash, backslash. <laughs> Set up. Reference. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, since we take COVID very seriously due to my own immuno issues, we have a date for Monday after work on our living room floor. I'm going to surprise him with an indoor picnic and so much Animal Crossing. Yes! Thank you all of you legitimately for changing my life with your advice and calming me down in a bad spat. Reddit can be pretty amazing. And then there's one comment where uh, someone's like, did he read the whole thing? And OP says, oh, he read it all right, especially once it got posted on that Twitter account, which he tends to frequent. He was all over it, and he didn't want to say anything to me because it sounded like us, and Ned is his father's name, but he thought he was just being paranoid. And as to quote, it sounded too much like fanfic or a cheap porn or something. Caught my straight roommate in a sexuality crisis about me. <laughs> Jeez. So. God. I think... This was just like writing down your feelings and giving it to your crush with extra steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, that's the thing when people put stuff like this on, on Reddit is lots of people preface their post with, 
oh, I'm going to take a lot of details out because they're actually on Reddit. And it's like, well, if they're on Reddit, they're probably going to find it. There's only so much you can change about a situation to make it anonymous. Yeah. Without, you know, not getting the advice that you need. So, yeah, jeez. I'm glad that it worked out real well for them. Yeah. I'm always like, I I think there's a weird... I think we should write down our feelings more often, like email or handwrite it or something, because sometimes that's just like a better way for some people to communicate. People are weird about it, but like, obviously you should be able to communicate face to face, but like sometimes just writing it down and giving it to them is going to help you organize your thoughts better. Yeah, I... People always expect me, because I, I write a lot, they always expect that I'm very eloquent when I speak as well. That is not the case. <laughs> the nice thing about writing is that you can take stuff back uh, before you give it to the person, so you can properly like hash out exactly how you feel about a situation before before you say it. And I much prefer to write down what I want to say instead of say it out loud. And that's been a big problem in a lot of my, not just romantic relationships, but friendship relationships is that when I have a problem with somebody I don't want to sit down and have a face-to-face discussion with them about it because I don't know what to say in that situation and I'm very reactive to other people's you know um how they respond to what you're what I'm saying and and things like that Mm -hmm. if I don't have to look at their face when (laughs) when they're seeing what my beef is that's the best situation all around for everybody because then I don't start crying, they don't start crying, and everybody goes to bed win-win. Yeah, it takes the uh, pressure off, like, of right. being face-to-face. And, and, you know, after you get those initial feelings out, maybe it's easier to have a face-to-face conversation or you just hash it out in, in writing. But, you know, I don't... And I think that needs to be more normalized. Yeah. That's what they do on intervention, and that's a great model for relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that when you've written something down for somebody, it can't be misconstrued, really, because the words are there. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're trying to run the conversation back over in their head and remember what you said to them, because it's on the page. like, And they can refer back to it when they have a conversation with you about it afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think that writing is a very good way of dealing with complicated feelings or situations. Maybe not, hey, I'm pissed off you didn't take the bin out. That doesn't require a two-page letter. But, yeah. Yeah, like working through things and and stuff like that. Should be normal. I think they have you do that in therapy sometimes, too. Sometimes, yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Write things down sometimes. And it can also help you, as you're writing it down, work through your own, like, how you were feeling and why. Because you have to think more metacognitively about it. Yeah. It is 100% good for anxiety, writing down what you're anxious about. And then burn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not necessarily burn it, but once once you've written down the things that you're anxious about, and then you've written like why you're anxious about it and what you're going to do about it, the problem seems less. And that's one of the things about anxiety. I'd be very anxious this week. So it's been... Uh, things just running around in your head is not useful. I mean, put them on paper, it's more useful might not solve your initial anxiety but at least it's somewhere to start so yeah i'm sitting here looking at my grading to-do list which (laughs) has five like 15 things on it because i have three different classes so each of those has like their own thing but also like seeing it like that you know i can i can work with that it's out of my brain it's onto a piece of paper now hello car 
Oh my god, it's real noisy outside your apartment today. Yeah, there was music earlier too, and people talking. We got the whole nine yards. Everybody just wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> Cameo. Like those people yeah. who like give the news reporter bunny ears or whatever. <laughs> All right. Oh, so I feel like the stories for this week are like semi-sitcom themed and that they're like oh, good. bonkers weird shit um this definitely feels like something from seinfeld okay so i know that seinfeld is this major pop culture touchstone in america but i i have never seen an episode of seinfeld either (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't really matter because i've read enough american pop culture stuff to where i have some vague understanding of what seinfeld is and why people think it's funny yeah i know that it's one of those things same same i i probably watched some episodes i wasn't really paying attention to when i was a kid but yeah basically it just sounds like i know that george like gets into wacky relationship situations and that's his whole deal so there's a bunch of like get rich quick schemes <laughs> and yeah that's all i got yeah yeah, that's what I got. That's that's my understanding of Seinfeld. All right, this is a relationship advice post, and it does not have ages, but let's see. Uh, it seems like they're 28 if I'm doing math correctly, which is, okay. uh, you know, 50-50. <laughs> All right. I met my ex on a subway after six years and pretended to have retrograde amnesia. Need help. What? <laughs> right? <laughs> like... Buddy, I know we're all having a tough time right now, and I get that. My worst fear is running into my exes, which is why I moved. No, not why, but it's nice to have moved five hours away from where they are. Dude, it's amazing to be on a different continent to all (laughs) of your exes. (laughs) I don't have to live in that particular fear anymore. Right. And it's amazing. Don't have to worry about running into people from high school, you know. It's just so good. That I don't want to talk to. Keep in touch with the people from high school I do want to talk to. A shout out to all my exes. <laughs> Hope you're listening. <laughs> all, all three of them. I know this sounds idiotic, but please don't judge. I didn't have any choice as I was caught completely off guard. Man, any choice. an alien took over my brain and also made me say this. She was the first w- woman I'd been with and probably the only person I ever loved. She left me when we were 22 for the reason that I was basic, not cool enough, or didn't understand Twitter. What? Which I think was stupid. This is getting weirder. I was completely devastated. I was in breakup blues for almost a year. I had to change cities and get a new job. Eventually, I got better. Had a few flings, but didn't date anyone all this time. It happened yesterday evening. I was in the subway slash metro on my way to a friend's place. I just gazed up to see what was the next station, and out of nowhere, she passed by me. I felt like all the bones in my body cracked at the same time. Worse was when she recognized me. I didn't know what to do, what to say. She just manifested there out of nowhere, still as pretty as she was back then. She asked how I was, and all I could say was, Do we know each other? (laughs) Are you serious? She said. I pointed to the scar on my forehead, which I got in an accident about two years ago, and told her that I don't remember much before the accident. She just stared at me for at least a minute. Both of us were quiet. Then she introduced herself and asked if I wanted to catch a movie this weekend and gave her number. I said I'll call, but I'm not sure what kind of situation I've gotten myself into. Thanks, Reddit, for the advice. It's just a lie that I said yesterday, but I think the story behind it made it a bit flimsy, I guess. Or filmy, I guess. It's not something that I can go and talk to anyone about in detail without looking like an idiot, and that's why I chose this platform. So I chose to come to Reddit to look like an idiot instead. This is not a problem. She gave you her number. You don't have to just lose it. 
Just, yeah, use your retrograde amnesia <laughs> and lose the number. Forget that you met her on the subway. What would... I don't understand why that would be the first thing that popped into your brain to do. Like, you can... There's pretending like you don't recognize someone to, like, blow them off. And then there's pointing <laughs> to the an scar accident. on your forehead. <laughs> yeah, And, like, very... Very strange choice, but okay. Like, this is another one where if you ignore it, it will go away. Yeah, just, I'm trying to get to a point, you know, I have a pretty vivid imagination. (laughs) I'm trying to get to a point where I'm thinking, okay, how upset must you have been about that breakup to want to then pretend that you can't even remember that person when you bump into them by accident? I mean, I get being shocked, right? Sometimes when you see your ex, it is a big shock. Yeah. But... I don't know if I'd be shocked enough to fake minor brain damage. <laughs> Major brain damage. <laughs> this is like <laughs> well, amnesia. You yeah. don't remember anything before you were 26. Then that's a that's like a risky gambit. I feel like the only way to, if you do want to go out with her, which you clearly do, is to be like, oh, I looked through some old pictures and it all comes back to me. And that's kind of my process I have to do is look at old pictures <laughs> But of course, that's not a great foundation for a real relationship. I think I'd just own up to it, you know. I'd be like, hey, you surprised me on the subway yesterday, and I pretended that I had amnesia, and I don't know why I did that. I'm really sorry. I have not had an accident that caused me to forget everything. I just didn't really want to talk to you, because I was really upset. Anyway. If you still want to catch that movie, that's fine. If you don't, that's also fine. Yeah, that's probably the best best way to go about it. And especially via text, like we just said, you know, write it down and then you don't have to deal yeah. with it. Like, I wouldn't be in a rush to go out with somebody who had so conclusively broken my heart. Because of Twitter? For, for, for a really dumb reason. Yeah. Like, you're past that now. You need to be moving on. So, I, yeah, I'd just own up to it and I'd be like, I don't really want to go to that movie with you, but yeah, you looked well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that would probably be it. He might need some more, like, closure, it sounds like. Yeah. the reasons that she's given seem fake. Oh yeah, they're mega fake. So when I was in college, I was starting to get a lot more uh, politically active and my roommates were not at all politically active, which frustrated me a lot at age 22 because I was like, why don't you care about these issues? Because they affect us as women. And I was very annoyed with them. And I can see that a little bit if that was her reasoning, but not being cool enough or understanding Twitter is not a good reason. I wonder if that's just what he remembers her saying. Mm. Sometimes when people say stuff to you, you you conveniently forget the really bad stuff or the real reason, and you focus in on something that makes it seem like it was unfair. Right. Right? I've seen kids do that a lot. It's like, you'll give them a piece of work and they will say, oh, it's not fair because... You said that I only had to do these questions, when in reality what you said was, everybody has to do these questions this period. And then do the rest for homework. And do the rest for homework, or we're going to do the rest tomorrow. And it's like, okay, well, that's not what I said, and I know what I said, but it's, it's really difficult then to be like, hey, no, you just remembered wrong. I wonder if she said something else, or that was his perception. It may have been something that she said, 
but it may not be the real reason why they broke up. Mm -hmm. Either she was like maybe being a little cagey about it or he did not hear everything that she was saying which like right. you know was possibly in shock but also like yeah. you're saying they could latch on to things that you know you want when someone breaks up with you you want to be like fine i didn't need you anyway that's a stupid reason so i'm glad we're not dating anymore like sounds yeah. like that might have been the situation and it does take the onus off you to change as mm. well mm -hmm. if if you can say oh she broke up with me because i didn't understand twitter but if the real reason was he was irritated because she was on her phone all the time and he was jealous. Yeah. That means that he doesn't have to focus on the fact that he was jealous. He just has to focus on, oh, well, it was a dumb bullshit reason about Twitter. Yeah. And maybe like if she said basic and not cool enough, what she actually meant was like boring or like they don't do anything together anymore, that kind right. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he maybe wants some closure because he doesn't necessarily agree with the reasons that she's given. So yeah, I would lead with the, I don't actually have amnesia. I don't want to date you again. It sounds like she regrets her decision and is just like, oh, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah. God, imagine if you could just be like, hey, <laughs> you don't remember me, so you don't remember all the nasty stuff I did to you. This is a plot of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're goddamn right. <laughs> and they just... It's been so long since I've seen that movie, and I think I saw that movie when I was drunk, so I don't even remember anything about it. I watched it with an X. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's a slow burn. I'm not really much for slow burn type movies. I'm easily bored. Yeah, me too. I like stuff to be happening all the time. It's gotta be full-on dystopia if it's a slow burn. Like, never let me yeah. go. Oh, dude, read the book. Mm. I'll send you I'll send you my copy of the book. It's mega good. The movie is trash. Um, well, I watched it when I was like, again, just graduated college, so I was like, this is so deep. And I, I was also sick with a fever, which makes me super <laughs> emotional, and like, I was like, I need a good cry, and I have a fever, so that'll be easy. <laughs> The book, the book is amazing. I will mail it to you. Yeah. My husband just finished reading it and nice. he, he, he liked it. Yeah, I need to I need to read more. I don't like Kira Knightley. That's part of the reason why I don't like it. You don't like Andrew Garfield either. No, I don't. <laughs> this is just, so. just full of many people I don't like. But the main character and in that was very good. She was really good. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the book far too much to then watch Kira Knightley have her mouth half open the entire time through the movie. Well, she's supposed to be like a bad character too, so I feel like she did a good job with that but you and know she just wanted to close her mouth do you know what i mean <laughs> like it, she can do it it's possible i've seen her do it just i don't want to be looking down your gaping maw for an hour and a half those of us with short upper lips have a hard time <laughs> <laughs> that's something i'm sensitive about you don't do it i do a little bit and i have no you don't I've never seen you do it. I Not like Kira Knightley. I have, like, trained myself not to because when I was in, like, ninth grade, my sister told me that I looked like Napoleon Dynamite because he always kept <laughs> his mouth open. And that oh my God. <laughs> gave me a complex. That's the meanest thing anyone ever said to another human being. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's cold. That's cold. I can't get over that. This is the real drama of the podcast now. Yeah. Well, you know, add add it to the pile of. <laughs> she was like in seventh grade or sixth grade, so whatever. She's bad in different ways now. 
this is so savage. This is like dynamite. That's awful. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Well, I. My sisters told me that I looked like Genghis Khan when I was a baby. So. Goodness. Yeah. So now every time we look at baby pictures of me, they're like, oh, look, it's Genghis Khan. Little siblings are the worst. <laughs> Well, I'm a middle sibling, so I have to say that both sides are the worst. I'm a half middle um, sibling because my older, I have an older half sister. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I'm half middle sibling, half oldest sibling. Wow, you are in a privileged position. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, anyway, that's that one. That <laughs> feels it. it feels exactly like something from Seinfeld. It might just be, although someone probably would have pointed that out in the comments. All right, okay. Here's the big one. The big the one. Big Do one. I need the chimes? Um. Probably. Okay, they're ready. But uh, so OP is thirty three and his wife is twenty five. That's <sighs> let's do the math. So thirty three divided by two is sixteen and a half. Mm-hmm. Plus seven is we're good. Yeah, twenty three and a half. So also, I'm not sure how long they've been together. Uh, but whatever. Okay, this is a relationship advice post. My wife constantly makes a conscious effort to humiliate me during my lessons over Zoom. <laughs> why would you do that like i yeah i'd throw that bitch out <laughs> like, yeah this is a long one okay relationship advice posts do not have a uh character limit i am i the asshole posts have a three thousand character limit so they can get a little long okay well under normal circumstances i would try to communicate my feelings to my wife I am at my wit's end for how to handle this situation, as I have exhausted all of the typical conflict resolution means. Being a teacher, I am currently giving lessons over Zoom. I recognize that studying math over Zoom isn't the most exciting thing in the world for students, and I can barely get them to even pretend to be interested in my lessons when we're in the classroom, but they have done an admirable job of staying focused. My wife is making it extremely difficult on my end, though. Several months ago when my lessons began, I went from working long hours to being at home all day. Unfortunately, my wife does not seem to understand that while I am at home, and while I can occasionally help out with a chore or two, I still have actual work to do. Between lesson prep, grading, and meetings, my schedule is quite full. The first time she interrupted my lesson, she abruptly opened the door to the room where I was teaching and loudly asked me to do the dishes. What? This was unbelievably awkward as I was in the middle of teaching three dozen 10th graders geometry. I told her we would talk about it later, but not being deterred, she asked if that was a yes or a no. I said it was a yes, but that I was in the middle of a lesson. Without a word, she closed the door. I got some chuckles from the students, but a bit of red-cheeked embarrassment was the extent of the damage. The next time, two days later, she again barged in holding a pair of my pants that I left on the floor of our bedroom. What? She loudly stated, you need to pick up after yourself. This time, before responding, I muted my mic and turned off my camera, telling her that I was in the middle of a lesson. Again, she walked away without a word. At this point, I moved my setup into the basement of our house so I could avoid further interruption. Since my basement looks like it probably has a few dead bodies buried in it, my students have begun calling me the basement dad, which is endearing. But I would rather teach in a room where I'm not going to get asbestos in my lungs. The trouble really began when I started locking the door to prevent interruptions. My wife began by rattling the door a few times, followed by pounding on it. Then she'll groan loudly and say something negative about me. After that, I can hear her walking around the house slamming doors. What? A few weeks ago, she was literally jumping up and down, stomping her feet in the room above mine. In the first months of these online lessons, I set up a hotkey to mute my mic and disable my camera instantly when needed. And luckily, my reflexes honed from Counter-Strike in my teens has paid off. 
But there have been times when she has sneaked in an embarrassing moment for me. Every time I have patiently explained to her that I need complete quiet to teach my lessons, and she says, yeah, 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 okay. Then the next lesson, without fail, she'll find something new to complain about and throw a tantrum, trying to humiliate me in front of my students. While my mute game is on point, students have recognized something is wrong. One of my ninth graders even sent me an email asking if everything was okay. Oh my gosh. I had to make up a lame excuse about needing to mute my mic because of the sudden grinding noise that happens in my old basement. There's no way she bought that. Since I'm unable to go out, unable to even enter the school grounds, and have no place to avoid my wife, I'm unbelievably anxious when I teach. I have tried talking to her calmly and even tried to get angry at her. When I yelled at her for forcefully sliding plastic files under the door so they'd float down in the background during my lessons, she expected me to apologize for getting angry at her. How can I even approach this kind of problem? Who? <laughs> I don't. A woman's got some serious attention issues. Yeah, I think that's it too. It's the attention. She's jealous of 10th graders having a geometry lesson, which you should never be jealous of. Because 10th <laughs> grade geometry fucking blows. Um, What on earth? Right? That's such a weird situation. I mean, I have the occasional Neo interruption, right? Yeah. You'll like meow loudly and jump on the desk or he'll go scritch about in his poop palace (laughs) but like i can't imagine another adult being behaving that way when someone's trying to do their job what's she doing all day she's a stay-at-home mom their son is eight months old oh maybe she's got ppd yeah and it seems like it's manifesting in kind of like a manic way so i don't know that's rough what do you do about that because He's already attempted moving his setup. The kids are noticing. That's the worst bit. Yeah. Like, kids are way more empathetic than we than we think about. Like, if a ninth grader is sending an are you okay email, that means that they have talked about it, like, with their friends, too. They're not the yeah. only one who is noticing something. And it's very sweet, by the way. It's <laughs> very kind of them to check in on him. I, uh, I don't know what what to do in that situation uh, he's tried talking to her like i she needs to see a doctor yeah that's the that's the only thing i can think of but in, in the immediate i wonder if i wonder if he could just set up a soundproofing booth like around himself you know with that like podcaster phone yeah. and then that's going to stop a lot of that outside noise coming in yeah that's also not going to solve any problems it's not going to solve like the wife problem but it's going to solve the interrupting my lessons for absolute bullshit problem. Yeah, one of the comments he says, I'm not exaggerating when I say that she's almost never like this outside of my lesson times. Before I started teaching on Zoom, I only ever saw her throw a couple of tantrums. I think the lockdown may have her stressed out as well. couple of tantrums. She has unhealthy coping mechanisms for when she feels you know, upset upset or, you know, needs attention. And it's being exasperated by the fact that she is a stay-at-home mom during lockdown taking care of an eight-month-old. Oh, that's just... Imagine somebody walking into your classroom. Imagine your partner walking into your classroom and being like, hey, you didn't do the laundry yesterday. It's like, that, that would... Oh my god. I don't know how he's been so patient. He's being extremely patient. And I think it's because when she's doing this, he's in teacher mode, you know? Right. Because um, I'm definitely more patient in teacher mode. But, like, afterwards, I would blow up. <laughs> I would be furious. Because that could impact on his job. 
right? If this starts to go up to administration, which I assume that's going to be the next step for the kids if they're still worried about him. Yeah. They're going to contact administration and be like, hey, sir is having a rough time and it's really difficult for him to teach us. We don't know what's going on. Um, that could really impact on their income. If she's not, if she's at home and she's not making any money, then his teaching job is the only thing they have keeping them afloat. Yeah. And medical insurance and everything. Jeez. That's a rough situation. I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, because it seems like he's tried a lot of things. He's tried talking to her afterwards. He's tried yelling at her. He's tried... He locks the door. Like, this is completely unacceptable. And I think it's ultimatum time. Like, if you don't go to therapy with me, then yeah. we are getting a divorce. Yeah. Because it's... That is quality of life destroying. Yeah, absolutely. That behavior. And if she's not willing to like listen rationally, it's it's when it's when he says you're interrupting my lessons and stuff and she goes yeah, yeah, yeah and then demands an apology from him. It's like, what what? It's just very strange behavior. That's why I think she might be she might have PPD. Yeah. It's it's not rational. Nothing she's doing is rational. No. And I can understand wanting more help from your partner now that you see that they're home too, but I don't want to be awful to stay-at-home moms, but if that's the only thing that you have, if, if you're if you're staying home to look after your kid, then that's what your job is. That is your job. So you should be doing that. And I don't get the impression that he's, like, slacking off. Because obviously when he's done with work, he should give her time off yeah. from the baby and, and, Absolutely. and alternate on weekends and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, you do need breaks and i feel like a lot of it times is, yeah. that that uh gets left by the wayside but i don't get the impression that he is that kind of person and no. if that is the case then also not during lessons with students 10th yeah. graders no less those are the worst <laughs> i mean it is it is hard looking after a baby and trying to manage a house but if your husband is pulling in all the income and you're throwing a paddy every single time he's trying to do that you need to really rethink how this relationship is working and the division of labor yeah that needs to be a, a like a calm conversation not during his classes right so oh God. so there's an update mm. and it's bonkers this was a couple days after after the original one so okay. update my first lesson after making that post my wife went straight back to her old antics I was in the lesson room as students gradually joined, talking to a student who was interested in luxury cars. At some point during the conversation, I said, yeah, I think I'd have to go with the Lamborghini there. I heard from behind the door in the basement where I was teaching, Lamborghini, in the sarcastic, exaggerated tone of voice that kids will use to mock you. I realized she was being childish again, but figured she'd eventually tire herself out. A few minutes after the lesson started, I used the word circumference to describe a word problem. Then I heard circumference from behind the door at the top of what? the stairs, followed by giggling. What? <laughs> Since the timing was right, I was about to uh, have students take a shot at a problem. I set them to the task, muted my mic slash disabled my camera, and quietly crept up the stairs. I suddenly opened the door to find my wife with a cup over her ear pushed against the door what? so she could hear me. I whisper shouted at her for her behavior for about a minute. I asked if she was five years old and what the hell was wrong with her. She feigned fear and shock as if I had held her against the wall with my hands wrapped around her throat, which made me just sigh and go back downstairs to finish my lesson. 
For the rest of the lesson, she was quiet. But after it, I went upstairs to bring up what she did. She started asking if I was going to yell at her again. I responded that I wouldn't, and I tried to get back on topic. But no matter what I said about her behavior, her response was the same. When I brought up her stomping in the room above before, she said, Are you going to yell at me again? When I brought up her sliding plastic files under the door during a lesson before, Oh, are you going to yell at me again? When I brought up anything she has done during the lessons, the answer was the same over and over again. There's absolutely no way to broach the topic with her now. I called her doctor and said that her behavior is erratic and that she might have PPD. Yes, good man. The doctor said that he could ask about it when she came in, but there's not much else we could that he could do. The next day, I tried to sit my wife down for a calm discussion about the possibility of her having PPD, to which she responded she has PTSD for my, quote, abusive shouting. What? Right. When I suggested therapy together, she said, oh, to fix her anger management problems? Sounds good. I teach in my car in front of a Starbucks now. Outside what? of lesson. <laughs> right? Like, it sucks because he just has to keep going. Like, you can't just right. be like, hang on, we're going to put these lessons on pause. You just have to keep teaching every day. You got to do what you got to do. But he's teaching in his car? Yeah. What on earth? This is stupid. She needs help, honestly. Outside of lesson time, we haven't really had any issues. And now that I'm outside the house teaching, we are strained but stable. I know this is not a very satisfactory outcome, but I think she has very deep underlying issues that are going to need professional intervention. When I said I would happily go to therapy with her to find a solution to our communication issues, she told me that I should go alone. I think that may actually be a good step because having a neutral party listen to my worries and guide me toward better de-escalation tactics would be highly beneficial. I would also try to entice her to join gradually. If she's not willing to go now, she's not going to be willing to go at all. I'm wondering, like, this behavior seems to, like, it seems extremely childish. Very There's something childish. very wrong here, but it sounds like it might be deeper than PPD. Oh yeah, now that with the extra information, yeah, there is something else going on here. Some other kind of issue that she's dealing with, or not dealing with, as the case may be. God damn. Because this is starting to sound like a story from Raised by Narcissists. She is pretending, perceiving that he is abusing her in order to make herself, in order to make her actions seem okay. Or to just deflect, but she's not very good at it. Like, that's a classic, like, abuse tactic, is to flip the behavior onto the other party. Yeah. Right? So when he's saying to her, you're being very childish and I think we should go to therapy together. She's going, oh yeah, I think you should go for your anger management problems. Yeah. But he's actually been incredibly patient. So, uh, teaching in his car outside of Starbucks. The first thing he needs to do is print out these posts and give them to a therapist and elaborate on them and talk and see if this relationship, like to a therapist without her and see if this relationship is worth salvaging. She clearly needs some sort of psychiatric intervention. Yeah, this is... Where's the child when she's standing outside the door with a cup on it, taking the piss out of him when he's teaching? Yeah, and just like the the fact that she was repeating words that he was saying and like giggling and like in that mocking tone seems very unstable and like why that's deliberately trying to push his buttons she knows that he can hear her yeah absolutely so this is i don't know what she's trying to achieve 
Like, this is, that's the thing that I, that is most confusing for me. What is this behavior going to accomplish in her mind? Tension, I guess? I mean, we always talk about how kids who have some attachment issues, you know, any attention is yeah. good attention, even if it's bad attention. So, I, bizarre, man. I, so strange. That poor guy. Yeah, it seems like he's putting in all the work because he's like, I'm going to try to get her to come to therapy. He also said in the TLDR, her doctor will bring up the possibility of PPD in her next appointment. But like, is she going to listen? I wonder if she's like this anywhere else. Like, I wonder what her relationship with her parents is like. Or what they're really like, how her parents are. Mm. In general, because like I said, this seems like it's like a stepping stone to turning into a parent you would see on Raised by Narcissists, where it's like yeah. flipping it around, being super immature, needing attention to be on her at all times. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw a post recently about a guy who realized that his wife was a Karen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw that. And it's like, it, it's that kind of behavior, isn't it? Like, I must get my way or everybody else is going to suffer. And if I don't start getting my way, then I'm the victim and you're the person who's oppressing me. And it's possible that since she can't go out, it's she's taking out this kind of behavior on him instead of the clerk at the right. grocery store or whatever who won't accept her right. coupon. <sighs> yeah. Oof. Tough. Wow, Godspeed, high school math teacher. And how old is she again? She's 23. 25. 25. 23 was the, the minimum age. Right. Um, which, like, it's not too weird of an age gap. They're only eight years difference, but still, like... Yeah, that's not that bad, but it, it, the behavior is just... Wow. Wow. I don't even know what to say about that. It's <laughs> insane. Okay, so someone asked... I wonder if this is some kind of resentment of OP's intelligence and teaching degree going on here. Like, maybe she didn't like her high school math teachers and had a hard time with math, so she thinks OP is being dull, and the students will enjoy her livening things up. Is this some weird kind of rebellion against authority? And OP says, this is definitely a possibility of worthy of exploration. She could believe that what she's doing is funny, good for the students, or something else along those lines. The only flaw in this theory is she doesn't really protest when I leave to teach lessons in my car where she can't touch me. Hmm. Yeah, that is, it's about him. It's not about the kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that she is like, she's not realizing that forcing your spouse to leave the house to work because he can't get anything done when you're around. Like, how is she not realizing that that's not okay? Is this a territory thing? Ugh. The house is my domain and I don't like him being in it. So if I can force him out of the house in any way possible, I will do it. Weird. Very weird. I am wondering if they're... I hope he gives, like, a, an update in six months. God, yeah. That's... See, now I'm thinking about that territory thing. It's it's sticking in my brain. Yeah. That sounds... Like, this is my place. This is what I deal with in the day. And now you're here. You're messing up my territory. And I can't do what I want to do in my house anymore. Weird. That's, yeah, that's... Oof. Therapy. Therapy, 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 therapy. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, you know, you can't, you can lead a horse to water, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can't force it to go, right? But I, oh man, I feel for this guy, especially with the eight-month-old baby. Like, if she's starting to behave that erratically, that might be a danger situation. Yeah. I mean, eight-month-old probably don't move around that much yet. Or yeah, they crawl around. Uh, they, yeah, they're starting to. You can put them in a walker. But you're not supposed to put them in a walker for a long time. I did an article on that when I was freelancing. <laughs> but yeah, oof, this is rough. And I hope that 
maybe they can have a kind of intervention with her doctor and he can convince her to go to therapy. Blech. I hope so. Because I would not want that kid growing up in that environment. No. That is the rough stuff. Okay. Now I have the best post I've ever heard. <laughs> Does it have beans in it? No, but it has yes. soup. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> The soup tubes return. I'm I'm trying to paste paste in the chat, so we'll see if that picture comes through. Because okay. I gotta pay the the pet tax. I have to pay the what? <laughs> pet and soup. I'm very confused. So Opie's husband is 25 and she is 22. That's not shouldn't wicked. Too young. No, yeah, they shouldn't be married. My husband keeps making distasteful jokes about my little female cat, who's six and a half pounds. That she's very small. That's tiny. That's very tiny because Cora's like what? 11 pounds. Really? Yeah. And she's very small. Cora's a titchy girl. Yeah. Nia was like 13 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> He's a large boy. <laughs> it's a very short one. So anytime my husband is talking to my cat in a very sweet voice, he will tell her that she is a soup cat and makes jokes about eating her and putting her in a soup. Okay. I tell him not to say that and even smack him on the arm to get him to stop because he will just keep telling her that she's going to go in the soup until I have smoke coming out of my ears. If she does something silly or dumb, he will say, and that's why you're going in the soup. <laughs> and when I get really upset, he tells her that she doesn't have a daddy. What? <laughs> he will even whisper it into her ear and look me in the eyes while he does it. I don't know if this is related, but he's half Vietnamese. So this was funny until you made it racist. <laughs> yeah Jesus. i've asked him why he says these things to her and he just tells me that he doesn't need to explain himself when i smack him on the arms to make him stop he just laughs at me seriously what should i do this has been going on for a month now ignore him <laughs> that's funny that's a funny joke that he's making <laughs> like my husband's always telling my cat that he's gonna eat him yeah like well like every time i say oh i need to vacuum because the house is covered in cat hair my husband will say, just get rid of the cat. <laughs> like, I'm not mad at him when he says that. I'm like, oh, shut up, man. But, you know, it's it's not, the cat doesn't understand what you're saying. It can't be sad. Yeah. Super like, cat, I cat. I will be, me like, say rude things to her, to Cora, like, call her names and stuff. It's like, she's a cat. I'm not going to, like, yell at her. I'm going to say it in a sweet voice because it's funny and she doesn't understand what I'm saying. I always call my cat stupid to his face. Yeah. I always tell him, oh, you're stupid, but you're beautiful, aren't you? <laughs> he, is, he is a beautiful cat. My big jock cat. Dumb but pretty. <laughs> yeah, like, this isn't a big deal. Just ignore him. Is this? Yeah, stop. If you can't cope with people making jokes about your cat, I think you need to reevaluate your relationship with your cat. And like, okay, like, there's some things that people are irrationally upset or annoyed about, or like, it gets old or whatever. I think this could be, this has ongoing joke potential to me, but maybe it got old to her. This is a great joke. I am enjoying this joke. Soup cat. I mean, it has so many applications because cats are mostly liquid, right? So she's already half soup. <laughs> like, I enjoy this joke. I always say that my cat has like big turkey drumstick legs. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend I'm going to eat them. Like, it's not... <sighs> I enjoy this joke too much to be mad at this guy. Why does she have to bring up that he's half the enemy? I know. It's like, this is this is definitely a funny thing. Why did you have to make it racist? I mean, it may be a cultural joke that he's bringing up because he thinks it's funny. Yeah, He might be playing on that himself, but also like, 
unless you've spoken about it, then you can't just assume that he's making that joke because he's half Vietnamese. That's all. The relationship advice Twitter account posted the uh, meme of Britta from Community saying, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line in animal cruelty. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you can excuse racism? Uh, And... Community. This was very funny. I'm trying to find this comment that someone posted that was super over the top because they were like, this isn't funny. It's not funny to joke. It's time to divorce because if he's saying this about your pet, what's he going to say to a child? I'm like, oh, calm down. People always tell kids they want to eat them up because they're so cute. Yeah. And like, this is definitely something that my husband's family would have said to him like when he was a kid. My dad used to put my cousins in the giant trash can outside <laughs> and close the lid and leave them there. <laughs> like, they're, it's not a big deal. Uh, oh, I finally got I finally got the picture of the cat. I, say, I posted the link to the tweet where the, the cat picture is. Oh my god, she's so cute. And she even says, her name, uh, OP says, the cat's name is Ella and he, she calls her Smella. Like, she doesn't understand. That cat is so she's cute. pretty cute. Yeah, it's just like... If it really upsets you, you need to sit down with him and be like, honestly, like, this is a joke is getting old and it does upset me. And I know that that's not, like, rational or whatever, but, you know, it, it upsets me to think that you were going to put her in the soup. So you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face through that conversation. Like, does she think that he's actually going to eat her? Or does the idea just upset her? Because one is super racist. Super. <laughs> and... One is like, okay. You made a soup joke. I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) I think just the situation of the world is making people super sensitive to, like, everything. I guess if you're at home all the time and all the time he talks to the cat, he's saying he's going to put the cat in a soup. (laughs) That's probably annoying. I don't know. Like, I think it's a funny joke. Yeah, I, I think this is fully reasonable joke to be making. And it's also a very funny bit. And if she's actually upset about it, she needs to not hit him on the arm. Yeah, that's that's not good communication, my dude. <laughs> yeah, because that, I mean, as long as you're not actually hurting him. That could be seen as like a playful thing, you know, like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and if he knows that it's actually upsetting her, then he should stop. And if he doesn't stop, then I don't know. That's a different yeah, problem. that's a different problem. Like, oh, soup cat. <laughs> Where's my cat? I want to tell him I'm going to put him in some soup. <laughs> Neo. That's what uh, Matt and I have been saying for the last, like, two weeks. <laughs> oh, here, I found it. Soup cat. Divorce. Like, jokes are meant to be funny to both people if you're in a relationship. Besides, people who treat animals this way and refuse to stop even when asked to, who knows how they'd treat a child? Leave him and take the cat. What? That's wild. We have talked about, like, hey, jokes are meant to be funny for two people. But when we've talked about that, we've talked about that because someone's intentionally being an asshole they're being racist or they're being like sexist or whatever the cat does not understand the human speech (laughs) so that's why it's funny to say rude things to your pets because they don't understand it can't be offended and you know as long as he's not actually committing harm to the cat who gives a fuck yeah honestly (laughs) i just thought this one was hilarious and so good i enjoy soup cat (laughs) Long live soup cat. <laughs> and she's pretty cute. So we'll post her. She's uh, a very cute Twitter. cat. Incredibly <laughs> cute. Big eyes. Stripey girl. Very nice. 
would taste delicious in a soup. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if it's really upsetting you, talk to him. If he keeps doing it, then... And I get it. Like, sometimes you don't like a joke or it gets old. Like, I would... Um, I would say, uh, if, instead of me too, I'd say yo tambien, which means, you know, me too in Spanish. And mm-hmm. Matt would say, who's tambien? And he said it like five or six times. And I was like, okay, it's uh, starting to irritate me now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's not funny. And now, and now he doesn't say it anymore. <laughs> Except now that he's listened to this, he's going to say it again next time. <laughs> yeah. It's like when everybody was doing all the Anchorman jokes. Oh, God. It's like, Anchorman is not funny in the first place, but now everybody thinking that they're funny because they can quote Anchorman is even more unfunny. They're living in San Diego. (laughs) Oh, God. Gotta stop. Just don't do it. It's really irritating. Don't at me about Anchorman being unfunny because Anchorman is unfunny. It is the least funny movie I've ever seen in my life. So I think I laughed one time. And it was when Jack Black punted the dog off the bridge. <laughs> but it's pretty good. Also, when he says milk was a bad choice. Well, apparently, that was an ad-libbed line because in real life, the milk had curdled because it was so hot. And I'm like, I feel that. <laughs> okay, now that's yeah. funny because they actually drank that milk. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of Napoleon Dynamite, that came out in eighth grade. So everybody was like, give me your tots. And referencing all that all the time. Now it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have like God, nightmares about I... Napoleon Dynamite now. Oh no, Napoleon Dynamite is yeah. It's like the culmination of the haha so random like kind of yeah. joke oeuvre that was around 2003, 2004. Oh, so annoying. Yeah. Just awful. <laughs> it was very funny at the time. I don't really I, every time I say this people are like how can you not like comedy? I really don't enjoy movies that are supposed to be funny. Like I don't know. I don't know if it's I find them really predictable or just immature. There's something about watching a comedy movie. I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't want to do this. This is going to be bad. and I'm not going to enjoy it. I don't think I have a particularly niche sense of humor. I think I just really enjoy British humor <laughs> oh, a lot. And like, you don't get a lot of British comedy films. Have you guys watched Velocipaster? We did watch <laughs> Velocipaster and that was wild. We uh, We watched the first half and then... Matt was falling asleep, so we stopped watching it. But yeah, we watched Velocipasta. That was crazy. That was funny. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, communicate. That's our theme. Yes, communication is key. Make sure that you are uh, thinking about your partner's needs. Make sure that you are thinking about how best to articulate yourself and what you want. And make sure to listen. Listening is an important part of communication. And don't just pick and choose what it is you want to hear from the other person. Actually listen to what they have to say. And don't get back together with your ex who dumped you for dumb reasons. <laughs> right. That too. Don't yeah. do that. He feels like this is a complication in that Subway one because he wants to get back together with her. And it's not a complication. Just don't get no. back together with her. And then everything becomes Easy. clear. Job done. Next problem. <laughs> okay. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at at Esme underscore C underscore nose, as in knows lots of things. You will know it's me because there's a little pixel me on the thing. And you can find us on Facebook, uh, R, letter R slash the letter U serious podcast. Uh, you'll know it's us because there's a lovely teal picture of two birds. 
Uh, where can we find you, Morgan? I am at Morgan underscore Slay, and you can find our podcast at R the letter U the word Serious Pod. And you can also email us your soup cat recipes uh, oh, yes. <laughs> at R the letter U the word Serious Pod at gmail.com. And also, if you are enjoying our podcast, you should definitely tell friends about it because everyone likes a good shit show. <laughs> and we appreciate it since we have no advertising budget and that is what this is yeah. a good shit show <laughs> we, oh that's what we should have fucking called our podcast It'd be easier to search <sighs> it really would have <laughs> um also if you didn't listen to um our tiny five minute episode last week there's lots of links for good places where you can donate a little bit of dollars to make other people's lives better uh double check the links and if you have the ability and the means you should definitely see about throwing a little bit of cash there yeah and we'd appreciate it if you would download and listen to that little episode so the algorithm doesn't screw us over that'd be great oh yeah that would be nice <laughs> that would be very good five minutes of your time Please don't let computers screw us over. We aren't ready for the robot uprising. Yeah, I mean, we're already getting screwed over by so many other things, so... <laughs> how's your how's your apocalypse bingo card looking? <laughs> yeah, um, my next thing that I was predicting was a volcano. Ooh. So, and not, not just one of those everyday average Iceland volcanoes either. It's going to be like, like Yellowstone or some shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point if Yellowstone exploded and we just like look to the north and we see this huge plume of smoke, we're just like, yeah, that tracks. (laughs) Cool. Well, anyway, do self-care, you guys. Uh, Go play a post-apocalyptic video game and you can pretend like all you have to do is kill zombies and it'll be... Be nice to teachers. Yes, be nice to your teachers. Mm -hmm.